So why did you kill him? <laughs> I've been wanting to do that for the longest time. It actually does. It actually does feel like that right. kind of thing. Yeah, like in know. the middle of the table. We're just like in a white room, like a big building. It's just us. Yeah. Anyway, let's begin uh, this episode. Yo, guys, what's up? It's your boy Farron Khalid. I'm back again with another episode of Collective Connect. Today, I got my boy Bior Elliot on the show. Bior, Bior, Bior Elliot is a designer for art direction and he's someone who works on loads of different projects i've known bior for a little while now we go to university together bior's a really cool guy and every time i've spoke to bior he's always had like an interesting perspective on things and he's always been someone i could go to a conversation to about creative and just craft and just working in general so bior why don't you introduce yourself into the show bro well thank you um well yeah it's good to be it's good to be on the show i've heard heard you've been doing this for a while so I'm glad I could finally make it onto here before you stopped. Because I think you said you said something you were coming to the end of making these episodes, Yeah, it was kind of like I wanted to make like 15 or 20 before I actually began. And then it was like, I'm going to stop for like two weeks because i got other things I have to focus on. And um, if I could do any podcasts on the side, that's pretty lit. But before I had the studio, and in the studio I had to book it in. But now I've got the Anchor app. Shout out Anchor. This is not a paid promo. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's not the, a paid promo. This is not a paid promo. But you can happily pay me if you want to. I'll add my PayPal below. Um, but yeah, no, the Anchor app allows me to go different places. So I'll probably carry on. But yeah, so um, my name is Bior Elliot. Um, I studied design for art direction at LCC. Mm. Um, what is design for art direction, man? Yeah, that's a complicated question. Yeah. That's a complicated question. Because like I'll people know art direction usually, but then like design for art direction, it's like okay. Well, design for art direction isn't really I don't know a thing in itself. Because like mo- to be to be honest, most people don't know what art direction means. Okay. Um, cool. When you explain, it's like that you to you you know what it means because you're in advertising. Mm. So, um, like it's quite a central position for you guys but yeah, then even like, yeah. even a lot of people on our graphic design course here at LCC which is like our biggest course they don't know what an art director is which is I find that quite funny but well, basically even, even people on your course don't know what it is no not people on oh, my course but say. people people on you know the graphic design course uh, GMD right. yeah um like the largest course in our uni that's crazy even yeah they even know that they even though they might become art directors later in yeah. life or report to art directors like they don't know what it means, which is quite funny. Um, but yeah, art direction is basically, there's art directors across different sectors, um, across like all kinds of visual media, visual communication. Um, and yeah, so you can you have them in film, you have them in fashion, in right. magazines, in yeah, advertising. advertising yeah. yeah, and they basically just control the like sort of the visual, they control the visuals in a project, basically. So they control the like best the overall visuals. Like, yeah. like, let's say for a company, for example, throughout the whole company, the art director would manage all the visuals and make sure it's all visually consistent. So I guess consistency is important to a certain Yeah. Extent. So the creative director would control things creatively. Right. And then just under that, um, like an art director or a team of art directors, because um, usually there's like a senior art director and a bunch of junior art directors. Right. They're in control of, um, of visuals. Um, and it's me fucking with a senior art director today. Yeah, <laughs> mm, I don't think I've really worked as like a senior art director, but it, like, I guess a senior art director depends like how how much shots you can call, like right. like how much control you have. Um, I almost worked as a senior art director once, but that's a whole different story. But yeah, like when when you're an art director, you generally get to have like a lot of a lot of control over things, which is why I sort of um, I'm glad I went into design for art direction rather than graphic design. Yeah, what what got you into art direction? Like, what kind of like paved you towards that way? It was a weird kind of story because um, 
So when I left when I left sixth form, um, when I was probably like a couple years older than you are now, I think when I was when when do you leave for sixth form? Like eighteen, um, isn't it? it was about seven. 18. Yeah, yeah, eighteen. Yeah, um, eighteen. When I was eighteen, my course designed for art direction it didn't exist. Um, so not that I probably would have even known that I wanted to do it, but I always found it funny that the course that I'm doing now didn't exist when I left sixth form. Right. And I went to go study something completely different. I went to go study philosophy, mm. um, which still feeds into a lot of what I'm doing now. But um, after a while, I got super interested in like, um, like both art and advertising. Right, cool. For like almost in like an equal amount. So I was very interested in like everything to do with art and design. Um, but at the same time, advertising, like, I was watching a fuckload of Mad Men yeah, when I was right. studying philosophy. Shout yeah. out Don Draper. Yeah, shout, shout out Don Draper. I'm on, I'm on season two right now, man. I'm uh, like, definitely finished watching the whole thing. Yeah? It's essential, does it get man. Does it get so good? It's, I don't, I don't, it's, I, not, it's not one of those shows, it's a very unique show. It's a one-of-a-kind show. Yeah. One-of-a-kind. Like, yeah. it, it, um, I realise, like, like, it. the storyline is, like, really good in the way it's shot the way it's art directed mm. the way, just everything it's like made by advertisers almost seems you know what i mean it doesn't seem possibly like it's, like it's really good because like each episode like the storyline is pretty consistent but each episode makes it interesting yeah and the characters and the way they all play off each other the so characters well. are, are very 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 in my opinion quite realistic yeah like to the cultural times at that point you know what i mean it wasn't not even to the cultural times just like if you look at the way most tv shows are written right. it's like for example in in a TV show, like um, every single thing that happens is is linked to a quite a strict plot line, like or or is symbolic of something very significant. Um, like for example, in a TV show, if you bump into a character, if you if you bumped into a person, you were on a TV show. Mm. If you bumped into me, for example, um, I would then. If you spent more than like say five minutes on me in the TV show, I would have to like play some sort of recurring role, some right. significant role in the plot. Right. In in Mad Men that doesn't happen. It's just right. like in real life. Like yeah. you'll bump into you could spend a whole in real life you could spend a whole day with some random person you met and never see them again and they'll never play another part, in, part your in your life. life yeah. And the same thing happens in Mad Men. Mad Men. Which yeah. is which is what I liked about that show. Yeah and it's like each character like there are characters in there that doesn't have significance towards the final storyline. Yeah. They're just characters. Yeah, yeah. They're just people yeah. who are to, to it, and I think that adds a lot, a lot more like organicness to the actual characters. Because mm. I think if each character has a plot line, it kind of almost makes it cliche. Like you kind of know something's gonna happen. But I exactly, think with Mad yeah. Men, where it's so like kind of realistic, you don't even think anything's actually. Yeah. You don't. You like, know, you're, that you're becomes a bit more anticipation. More, yeah. It makes it a bit more interesting to watch. That becomes more apparent as you go through the show too, because you're in season two, so that you you're currently seeing a couple of things that are happening, um, and you're thinking like, okay, that's gonna become like a big thing. It's like, like literally, there are big things happening probably that you've seen in season two, that will just actually not get brought up for the whole the whole rest of the show. Right. You'll almost forget about it. just like in life when you know like something big happens in your life like yeah. way down like and like yeah. by the time like five years later you barely even think about it anymore. Yeah. Like it's the same kind of thing well, what, happens. What do you think about like films and TV and just general creative stuff having like inspiration in your life and character? Do you think there's room for that? Like, I think there's a huge. I think there's huge room for that. Huge room for because I guess it's like when you observe TV or you watch films, you either watch it on like the very service level and you're almost like very stimulated by it. You're not really like understanding like the symbolic meanings or like the characters or. What, where their pitfalls are or where they're falling into traps or where, you know, in like mm. understanding how the different kind of archetypes in a sense fall 
into a way archetypes is a strong word but i think the different types of like how their storyline plays out how does that reflect in my own life do you know what i mean because mm. i guess like you said you like philosophy yeah so i guess weirdly it kind of links into it yeah it mm. links into it it links into it a lot and all the most creative people i know um are very conscious about how the entertainment they watch and consume um, influences them. Like one of my one of my best friends actually, um, like one of the things one of the things that he really hit on when I'm when I work with him and when I talk with him is that for example video games. I'm not a very vi- big video game person like at all. I mm. barely ever play video games. Right. Barely ever did. But um, a lot of people, a lot of young guys, did grow up um, playing video games. Right. Um, I used but, to watch what? video games. It was really weird. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of people do that. that. Yeah, I was literally like when people yeah. that would, like be on YouTube. Oh, um, and you and you would just I'd watch literally it just watch like even. the whole gameplay. Yeah, like I wouldn't even play the game, and like I'd be out with my friends. GTA Five, complete it, man. Don't worry, it's only two days. Like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, man. You know what happens at the end? Don't tell me. No, but that's the, that's the thing with video games is that is that my friend had to make me realize this because I didn't really think about or realize it before because I wasn't um, I was not like engaged in that world. I'm more of like a film person. Right. But he was like, video games are the new films. He's like, he's, he he sat me down in front of his video games. Like, look at this shit. Like, this is like more complex more powerful probably than any film you've seen it's, it's yeah. more I guess it's well arranged it's, it's a lot more interactive yeah you exactly, actually get engaged yeah. with it like, like films films in, I mean um, games these days are like we don't think of it as as that because it's very trivial mm. but they're sort of the highest form of art now like they're fully mm. they're fully interactive worlds yeah. No, I agree, man. I and totally. the weirdest thing is, really is, that li- is that life is becoming more gamified. Wow. Like, as, as games become more real, life becomes more like a game. Like, there are more and more point systems in life. Like, Instagram, like, has basically turned life into a bit of a game in terms of, like, these point yeah. systems of, like, follows right. and likes. Yeah, man. They even have it in China now, like, these point systems yeah. that rank people. So, yeah. And it's crazy where it's all going to go, where, like, VR and AR because like I think VR right now is a big block you stick on your head which no one's really going to use but I think when VR is a lot more accessible and easy to wear or it probably turns into AR a bit more where it's like it's like an interface that pops up in front of you yeah I think that's going to get very interesting because I think gaming's just going to go to another level yeah I think gaming's going to be like you're actually in the gaming world like you're not playing on a screen well that's you are the game yeah you are are the character I I feel like that thing that we saw with Bandersnatch is that yeah I was going to mention that like film film and games are going to cross over in a big way like games are not going to be games are not going to be games anymore we're not going to call them games oh my god they're going to be like films and games in one yeah it's going to yeah, be like a movie so you're in the yeah. movie you're the character yeah and then you can like play the game after yeah it'll let you into the scene and then you play exactly and you get to make the decision it's going to be it's going to be very fucked up <laughs> yeah. i mean like from like from like a creative standpoint in terms of making it i'd fucking love to make something like that and then at the same time in terms of like human consciousness and what's actually good for our species is like, could this detract so much from the real world that we start to blur the line so much? Because there's kids already who like sit down and just like play the PS4 mm. or the PS3 or Xbox for like 10 hours a day. Like my little yes. brother does it. He's just in his room playing Fortnite all day. I, I'm, like, I'm like, get the fuck out, man. Go run, soak up the sun, you know, like do something. And he's just like, no, uh, man, Fortnite, gotta get this new skin. I'm like, 
It's like yeah, my my younger sister, she um she doesn't play games, but she basically just spends all her time in her room, um, like like either watching Netflix, watching YouTube videos, or listening to podcasts like this. Like mm-hmm. when she comes out of her room, like right. she doesn't she doesn't unplug. She's still listening to podcasts yeah, like right. in like yeah. in our earphones. Yeah, well, tell your little sister listen. To <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she's probably she's probably gonna probably gonna be listening to your podcast one yeah, day, right, <laughs> and right. just be like, and then not even know that I'm coming on, and then be like, oh shit, what the fuck is this? Nah, she doesn't listen. She doesn't listen to any like any um productive podcast. Yeah, like, we're gonna, we're gonna change that. Like mostly. Shout out be your sister. Exactly. Yeah. Get her listen to some real shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. Like, she she listens to like like very specific podcasts about like Marvel mm. characters and shit like mm. that and like you know random stuff like that. Yeah. But um. Tell you what I think is really interesting. It's like this idea of like echo chambers. So mm. like based off the content you like, you're more likely gonna fall into certain interest beliefs and like yeah. different viewpoints of what which I think's already kind of existed. I don't think I don't think the world's ever been homogenized. I think with like globalization and like maybe in the last hundred years, I think groupthink is starting to dissolve a lot more. Although groupthink, uh, I, I think I think it's getting even worse if you ask me. Wow. Okay. Just because I think so, social media, um, I think social media encourages that kind of that kind of um, thinking. For who, though? That's, I actually for stay, like, I actually, I actually stay like, off Twitter completely. Like, I don't... I, I, have Twitter, a, I, I have a Twitter account somewhere, but I don't... I never, ever, ever go on it. Yeah, I mean, I delete Twitter. I yeah. Think, I think Twitter's, like... It's just a big cocktail party. Like, everyone's just talking to each other. Yeah. You know I mean? But it's, that's the problem. They're not even... They're not even t- talking to each other. Like, all my friends that have Twitter, mm. most people I know that have Twitter, they end up... You can... You, I can usually tell when someone has Twitter because they have like a particular they use particular phrases quite a lot and you can you like can what? really can you teach me some like even even just for example like like the most debatous one is probably um the word problematic like you can tell when people overuse that word for example that they're that they're on twitter and they're part yeah. of a certain part i don't think i've ever used that word it doesn't sound yeah. nice as well it's just so problem oriented like what's the solution exactly solutionmatic exactly you know that's 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 that, uh, uh, that uh. i find i find that like a big problem mm-hmm. but like just talking about this whole echo chamber thing mm-hmm. is like yeah that's why i stay off of twitter because all my friends who have twitter um I mean, even my, my dad has twitter and they always talk about being blocked or blocking people mm. and is that kind of mentality mm. on Twitter is that you want to talk a lot um, and you want to talk at people but you don't want to listen so everyone I know on, on Twitter has, yeah. lo- has a big blocked list and mm. you and if they have a lot to say they're usually blocked by a lot of people too right, yeah. and I find that just like it's so pointless and yeah, very I mean, toxic this is kind of the point of the, this podcast it's like I actually want to communicate with people Yeah, and I yeah. want to like give people the opportunity to listen to something where they're like oh my god it's actually two people communicating with each other and they're sharing perspectives and ideas and i feel like with twitter it definitely has the power to be like that because it has like it's really based around conversation i think i think i think user mentality in general have you have you ever seen that that talk with that with that guy um it's like a talk between um i can't i can't remember what the guy's name was but he is a I want to say he's like Turkish or something. He's like a Turkish American guy, and he was uh, one of the people who he was a a tech founder of some sort. But he's basically he get he gives like a long, long, long rant about about the way social media is constructed and how it's it's um the way it's constructed is not social. 
because it was you, oh you, yeah dude, you, you definitely I seen that. Yeah. yeah i put it on my story man that was mm. it was like social media i think i think i might have watched like it because of you content. i probably watched yeah, it because yeah, of you yeah i put it on my story yeah man, that was brilliant who was it? it was an hour interview with a with a white guy i remember and they yeah were a white guy and an asian and guy i think Turkish yeah guy. yeah, yeah. Both talking bro it but was really like it's very insightful yeah, and exactly. the thing is is once you start thinking about do you remember some key points off of that yeah i do it sticks with me a lot like he talks about how social media was designed by you know um geeks yeah yeah, yeah geeks people, so yeah. For, with one of a better word like geeks S- basically people, sit in their basement and yeah people fucking, people that are yeah. extremely focused and because of that and they're actually well, yeah very introverted, introverted yeah. so social media the thing that the modern world is trying to use to socialize with everyone was designed by very anti-social people right. and it shows especially with twitter like instagram and facebook have slightly more redeemable qualities but mm. twitter it's like it's not it's not conversational it's reactionary it's mm. a limited amount of words mm. which in, encourages like yeah. um aggressiveness like kind of even not even like a single like trying to box a big statement into a single exactly. solution like that trying to box a big thing into like disaster. a small way of putting it and like you can do that if you're good with your words but then for most people to get really complex ideas across and really try to get your point across you need time exactly you can't, yeah. like, I think yeah. if you're quite insightful anyway you could take a simple thing and be like oh yeah like Kanye West he says some stupid shit apparently but some oh, of the shit yeah, I listen I'm to just, I'm like yeah. well actually he's kind of onto something I think he's weirdly kind of right mm. in a certain sense like I'm trying to think like, see that's, that's it's funny a lot of people a lot of intelligent people are actually just not very good with their words like yeah. Kanye West on a good day if he's sitting in front of you He's trying to communicate ideas which are often quite intelligent. Yeah. But like even even when he's sitting across from you, he's like he's terrible at communication. Mm-hmm. But we're about to get interrupted. Oh, excuse yeah. me, sorry, I just want to check the computer. Oh, okay. That's fine. No worries. Yeah. Oh yeah, guy, guys. By the way, now we've been disrupted. Uh, the co-host Emil died. That's why he's not here today. <laughs> I'm joking. We love you, Emil. Yeah. Shout out to Emil. Shout out to Emil. I met him on the. Uh, met him on the way to do this podcast yeah, no, he's, he's got the coolest voice ever right exactly yeah he's just so intriguing he sounds like he sounds like he'll solve all your problems <laughs> hello how can i help yeah Whoa, hey. yeah but i mean like i think the ability to actually get your ideas across clearly is like really helpful yeah i think, I think someone yeah. like kanye west yeah, i can tell he's really intelligent do you know what i mean i get i get that vibe from him and like i love his music as well i think he's one of the greatest like i actually really do like kanye but like I feel like a lot of the times he just doesn't get his ideas across clearly enough. Yeah, when he's speaking, he doesn't get his ideas across. Yeah. Right. And he can seem a bit wild, man. Like, at yeah. all. Yeah. Like, it, you have to really... You have to really... With, with Kanye West, you really actually have to, like, pay it one to actually understand what yeah. he's saying. And then you and then it does often click what it is he's trying to get across. Um, Do you think, like, in today's culture... And, like, more about young people. Because I'm, I'm thinking, like... I, I don't know how many people are actually going to listen to this, but, I mean, like... Do you think young people in general have a problem with listening to understand? Well, not necessarily young people. Do you think... I don't, know, I don't know how to put this, actually. Do you think, in general, people have a problem with listening to understand? Or do you think it's more about... Um, they listen, but then they make a general assumption whilst they're listening? Um, yeah, I think people have a, have a tendency to do that, especially these days. Like, like people people have been and still are very tribal with their opinions mm-hmm. and i find that super um worrying to be honest it's, it's worrying it's not very helpful uh like 
you see it a lot, especially like for example, like the Jussie Smollett case right now. Mm. It's like people, people do not want to. Um, people just want to take a side and stay on that side. Mm. I feel like if we're gonna have intelligent conversations mm. and have productive discussions, mm. people need to. They need to be willing to see the merits of someone else's argument. Um, yeah, for sure. It's like, for, it's, it's just ridiculous. It's like, if someone says something um, and they align themselves with a certain side, it's like people automatically dismiss them as wrong. Mm. Like, for example, it's like even going back to Kanye West, it's like, so Kanye West aligned himself with Trump. Right. And previously, people listened quite a lot to what Kanye West said. Mm. Um, as soon as he aligned himself with Trump, apparently everything he says, according to some people, everything he says is wrong. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, a lot of what he says is wrong, but then, mm. like, not all of it. Right. Like, I think people need to get out of that sort of tribal way of thinking. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting, especially with the internet, you know, you feel like we're so connected that, like, in one sense, it's probably going to make us more tribal because we can all listen to each other and we can all fall, fall in a certain group. But then at the same time, it should make us more like aware of different opinions. Mm. And I feel like when you can respect different opinions and you could get people around the table to discuss different opinions, then solutions can actually be created. Exactly. And that's, that is what we're really lacking in... That is, I think that's one of the biggest problems we're facing in the world today is that we're, we're increasingly becoming more and more divided and we have more and more issues and increasingly we're becoming unwilling to have people that don't agree with us um sitting around the table discussing solutions yeah. so like i don't even want you on the yeah, table people, it's like, oh my it's God, like people man. people don't even it's almost like people don't even want solutions mm. like people people just want to be um segmented they want mm. like a you know like a safe space yeah, like a structure but, kind of yeah like i think like i was really have you heard of jordan peterson yeah yeah um a lot of stuff he says is quite divisive but i do i i hear what a lot of he says i agree with most of the sentiment with what he says there mm. are some things like i'm a bit kind of skeptical about i'm not like 100 percent like so i don't take a side i just listen to some of the information he says and something he says in it it's really cool it's a mediator between chaos and order yeah so it's like chaos is where it's like the unknown it's like what you don't know and order is like kind of when you're in a safe space where everything's just going right, how you need to, how you need it to be in that present moment. So if I'm trying to go towards a goal and everything's going to plan and my family's good, my health's good, my life's work, my career's good, uh, the people around me are good, then that's order. But then chaos occurs when your business has a massive drop in sales, the spouse falls off the side of the road and gets hit by a bus. You know, like that's chaos. Or like the whole population goes into war because everyone's in a group mindset. That's chaos mm. at a really high level. And it's like being able to mediate between both the order and the chaos and always find yourself kind of coming into chaos, like always giving yourself a bit of the chaos so you're never too much in mm. order, but you're always tasting a bit of the unknown. I mm. think that's kind of like one of the big steps to actually get people to open up to other people. I think when you're so stuck in order in the way you do things, it doesn't, you don't taste no chaos and you kind of wait for it to happen. It's like, yeah. it's like the guy who fucks about and he's 45 and then he has so much chaos. Because he doesn't want to do anything, he just wants to fuck chicks and party all the time. Which is like, you know, I'm not one to judge, do what you want. But I mean, I would suggest have a bit of chaos, put yourself out there, get uncomfortable. Because eventually it develops you. Like, humans are kind of built for challenge. Yeah. And I think when you kind of deny that truth, it's like, like we were saying, like, when we sit at home and do nothing, we naturally get anxious. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. for me anyway, I do. Like, I mean, it's not a good thing, maybe I should try to work on that a bit, knowing that I'm going to do something, but... 
I could just sit down and I'd be like, fuck, I should be doing something now. Mm. And, yeah. And I mean, like, so going away from all this, from all about, like, um, groupthink. Well, just, I, I actually okay. wanted to talk about yeah, Jordan Peterson quickly, just because, so I'm, I'm a huge fan of his. Mm. I actually haven't read his book yet. Um, uh, but I case, for life. Yeah, it's I need to read book. that book. Really but, good book. Um, I think it's funny. I was actually watching, like, a thing by him this morning, and it's like, he he um he gets misused a lot mm. and he also misrepresents himself he gets misrepresented and he also misrepresents himself what do, you mean, he, by, what do you mean by misrepresents himself so so he's a clinical psychologist that's right. what he's trained as that's yeah. what he's lectured in um so i think he's very qualified as a psychologist yeah like so clinical, he, he like a clinical one as well yeah yeah but the thing is so um in terms of saying this is the way he misrepresents himself he's trained as a clinical psychologist but yeah I feel like he talks about these hu- very huge, these very huge sweeping topics. He talks on, he, he will talk on any topic. Yeah, yeah, for like, sure. Like, he, he, he talks very <laughs> generally. That's what I was watching a video the other night, he was talking on porn, I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> exactly, on, and that's the, pro- that's the problem, it's like, I don't, I don't believe... I've watching porn, by the way, I don't think it's good for you. But, you know, yeah, yeah, I don't uh, believe it's good it's, for it's you It's kind either. of weird, man, you look at yeah. really objectify girls, and it's like... Yeah, kind of like, it's, it's, it's not something that should be normalised. Yeah, definitely, the whole um, sex industry behind it as well. Yeah. yeah, but sorry, bro. I did totally interrupt. But um, but go on, carry on. Jordan the, yeah, with Jordan Peterson, like he talks on like, these huge topics. Like he'll, he'll, and the problem is, is that I feel like he's, he's trying to sort of pitch himself as being an expert in everything. Right. And I don't yeah. believe, I don't believe anyone, yeah. especially like a psychologist, someone mm. who considers themselves to really be a clinician and a scientist, should yeah. really do that. Yeah. I, think I like mean, what, what are you talking about? Because I know, I've heard a lot of his content. I mean, like, what type of... Because are you talking about the stuff where he talks about, like, dreams? And he talks about, like, kind of, like, the mysterious elements Yeah, so life. even even stuff like that, for me, that's... Because that's kind that's of, like more to, That's more to stuff to do with, like, history and philosophy. And religion. And I think, of, it's, yeah. I think it's very questionable for him he did make as a, a though as a, as a scientist yeah. to be trying to mix all these things together because if you're mm. a scientist and you start talking about um uh like greek mm. mythology and um and um carl jung and mm. all of these um, mystical things yeah, and you start yeah. mixing them together i think that's a very dangerous really? premise so i yeah. think that's where the space needs to be mixed i think like the merging between because i think science can be so objective and you objectify everything when it's like oh god don't get me wrong and it's like mysticism kind of gives you that dream and that illu- uh, yeah 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 it's an illusion and it's just one big fantastic game yeah. to play and you know i agree like merging them both or, I don't and know, the thing the thing is but, i yeah. i think that yeah i think that there is room for that i just think that he, he's not the right person for it mm. because if you're going to do that you I feel like it's it's a very it's a very dangerous premise when you have because he's a scientist he is um, a person who conducts experiments yeah. um, makes scientific research right. he probably has a scientific degree I'm not sure but I think he might even be Doctor Jordan Peterson yeah he is um, think, yeah. so yeah like it's um it's very dangerous to be able to um, frame yourself as a scientific expert, mm, right. but also be an expert in mysticism and yeah. philosophy yeah. and be able to sort of merge it together all, all into one yeah, thing. I think, because, I think you need to specialise. Yeah, or, I think or the, even mm. go from, like, the thing is, if it was someone coming from the other direction, someone yeah. who was like a doctor of, of philosophy yeah. or like an expert in mysticism, they, they would talk on that. Mm. And then when it came to science, they would 
most likely respect mm. their boundary mm. um which would then cause the audience to respect the boundary too because mm. if you don't then i think he's i think he's sort of yeah manufacturing this like falsely wide um range of credibility yeah. falsely wide range of expertise it seems like he knows a, a, a bit about a lot yeah, I don't think a little. I think he knows a bit. I don't think he's like. I think he's probably read a lot of young books. Obviously, he's, he's like. He probably, probably, he probably knows. Deeply, he probably like, knows a lot. But yeah, it's, I just but think it's, like, it's. I think when like you specialize in something like Carl Jung did, for example, right? He put his whole life into that one field, so he mm. he became like a master of his craft. He knew, he knew mysticism like mm. industry. You couldn't even explain it so much because it was so deep into who he was and what, yeah. what you yeah. could see. And I think getting the viewpoints of these types of people, these specialists, are where the magic comes from. And I think it's like, understand yourself, understand what you like, and understand what you're good at, and understand what your craft is, and then talk about that. Mm. But I feel like, I feel like it's good to know a lot about it, a little, about, a little bit about a lot. I think it's nice to have a bit of general Yeah, awareness. but then it's just like, I think it's, it's very, it's very, um... Do you think like do you think it's, it's on the, it's the way the way that he's trying to talk about everything has sort of misrepresented him and has mm. sort of turned him into even though because he, often when he's on talk shows you'll be like I'm I'm a clinical psychologist like people are trying to politicize me but then it's like he politicized himself a little bit by trying right. to talk on on like economics and politics right. um, but then yeah bring going on to the other point yeah he's being misre- he's being misrepresented himself like I don't really feel that much of what he's saying is, is even that controversial, but people people want to paint him as this right-wing, right-wing uh, person, yeah. which he just really yeah. even isn't. It's like when you don't want to like listen, like in one of, one of the chapters in his book, he says, you always assume the person you're talking to knows something you don't. And it's like, when you feel like you have too much order, you feel like the other person might not have something to say, which you mm. may benefit from. It's like, oh yeah, it's easy to fall into a box. Yeah. So it's probably like he has these complex concepts. But oh my god, that's too hard to understand. Right wing, dickhead. Mm, Yeah, mm. I I think that's maybe a source of it. I don't know. I mean, yeah, interesting for sure. Yeah. So going back to kind of what you do, so design for art direction. Oh yeah. Creative and stuff like that. Where do you see the future for it going? Yeah. So kind of like are you working um, on any projects at the moment? Maybe could be a follow up question. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll talk. I'll talk quickly on like where I think the future of it is, and that's actually the reason why I got into design for art direction, um, was because I'm very interested in um, controlling a whole process, Mm. um, and I'm very interested in this this concept called total design, Mm. which is basically taking. concept or a point of view and applying it across like a wide range of mediums and i feel like that that is the future of design and art direction um like even if you look at for example what um what virgil does like he has a particular point of view um he was trained as a civil engineer like he wasn't trained as a graphic designer or even a fashion designer or right. anything cool. all all he has is his point of view that's his that's his way of designing that's right, his yeah. that's his tool it's not um, it's not draping, it's not drawing, it's not yeah. anything like that. It's just, it's yeah. a particular philosophy and a way of thinking and a way of approaching things applied across all of these different things. Like yeah. it's like, it's, like it's similar to advertising. Like yeah. advertising, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It varies. You've got to come up with an idea for each client. So essentially, we get a client come in and we need to create a campaign for them. But we got to set the philosophy for the campaign. Yeah. We've got to set the idea. What's the message? Yeah. So it's kind of like each one we start off with 
the concept and then we focus on execution. We're not just going to go jump in and try and make something because it wouldn't make any sense. It needs to start off with a good idea which says something about you. Yeah. You know, you'll see it be like, oh my God, that says something. Oh, wow, I feel that. <laughs> you know, I think Don Draper says it so good. He goes, advertising, advertising is about happiness. Oh, it's yeah. About <laughs> whatever you're doing, just being okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, not manipulative. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, no, that's the problem though. Ad, like advertising and design, is um, is naturally manipulative. But actually, that's a really good point you just brought up because um, a lot of projects I'm working on right now, and a lot of what I see in the future of of um, design, especially within fashion and advertising, is mm. about transparency. Because I think after like advertising, modern advertising has been around for about hundred years. Um, just in this this year, we came to the centenary of the Bauhaus. You know, you know what the Bauhaus is. No. Um, so the Bauhaus is like the the German school that made modern design. So the reason the reason this this table looks the way it looks, and why this chair looks the way it looks, um, and even why your T-shirt looks the way it looks, and why, why everything looks the way it looks, all kind of blocky and squarey and shit like that, was because of um, this school. Called the Bauhaus, who Seriously? yeah, they came up with the idea of um, they came up with certain ideas like merging art and design. Mm. Um, uh, was it form form follows function? You heard? Have you heard that phrase no. before? No. Form no. follows function. No. So form follows function is just like the idea that, like back in the old days, um, like form and function was they were treated as separate things. So like mm. you'd have like the way something looks and kind of separately you would consider its actual use function. So for example, if you had a a um let's say a I'm trying to think of something like like a building. Buildings wow. architecture is the best example. You'd have um an architect would look at decorating a building in all these kinds of very um uh complex ways. You right. know what I mean? Like yeah. they'll have all these like swirling swirling pillars, yeah, and decorations. Yeah. Um, so making it really stay. Yeah, right? and then now. Usually, if you if you look out, like if you look over there, like that. Obviously, they can't see that, but we're we're yeah. on like the tenth what tenth eleventh floor. Tenth floor. floor of a building. Yeah, tenth floor of a building. The other way outside. Up. Yeah, you look outside. You you mostly buildings are just like they're quite blocky. They're just rectangles because mm. that's what their their function is. Their squares where people live. Mm. Um, you don't get pill- you don't get pillars yeah. and and um all that shit on. On, uh, you don't live in a home, you live in a square, you hear an ask? Yeah, kind of. But that's the, like, now, these days, like, you don't have to, if you look at a phone, for example, like, the phone we're recording on, it's like they don't, they don't add random bits onto it or change the shape of it right. um, just for the sake of it. They just let the, the function so they like, like, define the way it looks. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like everything's a square, but it's what's within the square. Yeah, just, uh, yeah. So it's, it's just about it's about it was about kind of like honesty yeah, yeah. in that way. So but it's kind of like how the so you said the form is like the shape. Yeah. So like the square, for example, and we all live in squares, or we got square iPhones or rectangular, but that kind of mm. the general thing. It was pretty much everywhere actually when you think about it, and what's within it and how it operates is the function. Yeah. And the function's what needs to be updated. The form. Yeah. Is, the form is just form. Yeah. So the. That was like well, the, the Bauhaus came with like uh, if a anyone could send me a, If anyone could send me a new form idea, I would totally pay it in that shit and sell it back to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, that's the thing with, with um, it's like, 
yeah, with the Bauhaus, they uh they came with like, they came with like loads of ideas. So, um, going back to what I was saying, like, like modern design and modern advertising has been around for about a hundred years, and because of that, people are now very conscious of it. Mm. Like in its development to the point where it is now, it was actually very easy to advertise to people. Like back in when advertising first started, I'm sure you know, like they they didn't even bother with sort of campaign concepts they would mm. literally say for example they were yeah. trying to advertise this bottle of water. water they'd be like Best buy water. this water it's like it's 10% cheaper yeah. and uh, people say it tastes better you know what I mean yeah, like they would yeah, just say yeah, a bunch yeah. of facts really, to like, get you to benefits which yeah. are pretty boring and shit. exactly yeah. yeah and then obviously as people got more immune to that they yeah. moved to concepts but now I think we're in an age where people are very clued on to people know when they're being advertised to I yeah, think we need right. to go to this thing that I like to call transparency right which is you let people know that you're advertising to them almost like yeah um so it's almost like direct message rather than advertising it's kind of like so I feel like it's like a double bluff almost it's like mm. it's like have you ever seen like one of those one of those adverts where there's really witty adverts where they go like um oh there was a really good one I don't know if you saw it there was one on the trains where it was actually one of my favourite, like, um, station adverts of all time. Um, so, you know when you go into tube stations and you see the posters on the wall alongside where, you know, where the train comes yeah, in on yeah, the like tracks? Big posters, yeah, yeah, the big ones. Yeah. I went down there once and the poster at the front said, I think it was for a... I think it was, like, First Direct Bank or something like that. Something right. boring. So, okay. they had to come up with a good campaign. Yeah, sure. And they, they made a campaign saying, if you think... First Direct went to the station and bought all of the advertising boards. You were right, <laughs> and it's just like every single board just had like First Direct on it and like all these random slogans. But it's like it's it's like acknowledging, like yeah. they're advertising to you, and it's quite obnoxious. Yeah, and yeah, I think that kind of approach is the sort of future, yeah. both within fashion, art, and advertising for me. Yeah. That's interesting. I feel like there's always a, it taps into something because it's funny. It, it hits the truth. Like, I think everyone knows they're being advertised to, but I think weirdly, even though it may seem against us, we kind of like being manipulated. Not that we like being manipulated. We don't consciously like it. Yeah. But we can't stop it. Yeah. You know, when yeah, you see it, you exactly, can't you can't actually exactly. stop it from happening. It just happens. Exactly. And you're like, oh, fuck. And it's like, and it sticks in you. You think mm. when you think about one thing that you're being told you think about a number of different things as well you're not just thinking about but like mm. it's not like I see like a great ad which talks to me so instantly I think about that's it and I think about something else uh, uh, uh. and I think about that again I'm like oh shit I remember that fucking Heinz or fucking have you seen something. the bit in Mad Men where um, Peggy's she's talking to this guy at dinner or something and he's like he's like I think he's like I don't think advertising works I think I'm immune to advertising and then she goes it's like if you knew you were being advertised to, it wouldn't be good. Yeah. Like, is the problem the problem with advertising and branding is that a lot of people actually think they're immune to it. Yeah. But um, it's very unconscious it's, process. It's not even good advertising. Is very unconscious. It, may, it doesn't it doesn't make you think. Yeah. It should you shouldn't have to really think. The thing is, even if you're immune to advertising, yeah. you're not immune to marketing and branding. So oh, for example, def- no if one's you, immune to marketing. Exactly. You, no you, you literally can't be. The second you buy something, you're you've on. you've played into you've played a into marketing skin. scheme of yeah. some sort. Yeah, you played it. You're, you're everyone's in the game. Yeah. Like for example, I'm sitting here with a bottle of Inky. 
um, inky natural spring water. Um, yeah, I'm Harrogate, man. Which is a weird. Look, so we're sitting here with the some. Original off, British we're sitting here with some. Town. We're sitting here with some off-brand waters, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, which means that some people would say like, "Oh, you've avoided falling into the Evian or Smart Water trap of overpaying for water." Right. But really, you haven't. You've just fallen into the marketing scheme of these guys. Yeah, so your the position. Cheaper, the they position themselves as being yeah. the bargain for I, the people that are I thinking read, about price. I, I've read something somewhere. It's this idea that marketing defines reality. Mm. Mm. It's like in the cultural, in the scheme we play in, in the game we play in, you can move up <laughs> literally everything. So like, I have a job. I'm part of the marketing scheme. It may seem like it's my craft and I love it. Like I may be a lawyer or a doctor, but hospitals market themselves. You're being sold to. Everyone's yeah. playing this consumer producer, consumer producer game. Yeah. And that kind of sets up the class system in a sense because you even jump on the game and get very good at it. Or you try to find a way around it. We play outside the system, illegal usually, and you get caught and the system brings you back. It's like, I think the big question is to question the consciousness of marketing in general. Mm, yeah. I think that's a really important question. And that actually, that actually brings me on to. Um your follow-up question like what am i working on currently um yeah so i've just been very aware of this sort of um transparency and self-awareness of an advertising and um yeah so my my current project and like the big thing that i'm working on right now is uh so i had to do a dissertation recently i made a, a big thesis which was basically analyzing what brands are so looking at what um what all brands have in common. Um, and I sort of I was looking at that idea and thinking I could turn that into a project. And um, I started thinking about clothing brands, especially. Um, so I decided to make a, I decided to try and make a brand that was about what clothing brands are. So right. yeah, so a brand about brands. Yeah, a brand about brands, basically, yeah. Cool. Like I wanted to sort of um, construct something that was looking at itself being constructed and like examining itself being constructed and then so making content from that. That's so interesting. So it's like yeah. a clothing brand that examines its own process and the yeah, whole, the whole yeah, design, yeah, yeah. the whole brand is around examining its own process. Exactly, yeah, yeah. How do you, how do you... Do that. Yeah. It's very, it's been, it's been, it's been, uh, there's a lot of things to like work with conceptually in terms of that project. So I've actually split it into, I split it into loads of mini projects. So I'm working on a bunch of, um, about three mini projects at the moment. Mm. Um, I'm trying to like reduce the idea so it's as easy to understand and easy to talk about as possible, yeah. but as without, without trying to dumb it down. Yeah. But One thing that yeah. comes to my mind when I think about that project, one word, it's transparency. Yeah. It's like yeah. true transparency, it's like, yeah. You admit you're a process and everything is a process. Exactly. But you evaluate, yeah. You, yeah. You, you are the process. You're not the brand, you're the process. Yeah. And it's like documenting the process fully and showing how the process evolves. Yeah. From the perspective that you're not a brand. <laughs> you are the thing observing the process. You're like the scientist. You're like the person who creates the hypothesis. Mm. And you, you constantly evolve the idea. But it's it's funny. Well, I'm that commercial at the same time. While I feel while I feel like I'm interesting, I'm one of I feel like I'm one of the first people to make like a whole brand based on on the idea of branding. 
I'm not the first person to approach things in this way. Like, mm. like if you've heard of Mar- Margiela, Mason Margiela, yeah. So if you if you know anything about him, he uh, he um, a lot of his clothing projects, a lot of his fashion collections were literally about like fashion about fashion. Mm. Um, it's hard, it's kind of hard to explain. I can't even I can't even really think of any concrete examples. Yeah. But if you look at his clothes, his clothes are really like clothes that are about um, the fashion industry and the process of making clothes. Yeah, not necessarily about yeah. trends. And like more recently, like yeah, exactly. I'm yeah, very, yeah. I'm very, I'm very against that. Yeah. I'm very against like seasonal fashion. To be honest, mm-hmm. like I don't know something that I can appreciate, but it's not something that I think I'm gonna really Rock have a huge yeah. play in myself in yeah. in terms of like obeying that sort of structure. Right. But then also more more recently, a huge influence on me has been this brand called Carvemps. So, uh, yeah, you heard of them. Yeah, Japanese yeah. brand, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah but dope. funny enough, they were like they're Japanese, but their founder was actually a British guy. He moved to Japan. Oh, really? Yeah. So he, that guy moved to Japan. Britain's still conquering the world. Exactly. Come on, boys! <laughs> <laughs> the empire strikes back. <laughs> <laughs> the empire strikes again. <laughs> but um, yeah, like that the guy. Star Wars trilogy, man. That the guy who found the car, super interesting guy. Like definitely research into him. Things like Toby felt well. And um, he he actually he has a super weird life. Like he worked as an A and R manager, then trained as a what, lawyer. Like yeah, like he oh. discovered Dizzy Rascal. Ah, for yeah, real. Yeah, um, oh, well, he was part of that. Big dirty stinking bass. Exactly. Yeah. Bonkers. <laughs> all of that. All of that. Come on. But then, um, so he done that, and then he he trained as a lawyer in night school. But then he moved to Japan. Oh. Then he helped. Do you know the the brand Bape? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, so he helped. Yeah, yeah, he helped Nigo and Pharrell with Bape, and he helped to sell that brand when Nigo got into bankruptcy and stuff. I I like Bape because, like, with Bape, it didn't start off following a trend. It was literally its own thing. But then they started that trend. They started. Yeah, they started the trend. Yeah, Yeah. and then it just became such a hype beast brand that yeah their trend became a trend, and it's like I think when you become too much of a trend, you just die out, man. Like you always exactly. You always need to be creating something new. Yeah, Bape isn't owned by Nigo anymore, so I feel Mm. I feel like. They're on a downhill slope. What about Supreme? So I know Supreme's being bought by some big company. I think. Yeah, I Supreme. Supreme got bought. Um, I think they might still have partial ownership though. Oh, what? Like James, I think James Jabir, whatever his name is, still has know. partial ownership. Started for like brand. a billion pound or something, right? It's something crazy. Yeah, to some investment. Shit, man. Um, some investment corporation. It's lit. Yeah, lot of money. Shout out James, man. Boy, yeah, if you want to go fund me, man, hit me up at the PayPal. <laughs> but even even going back to so going back to car event, like car event itself, um. I think it means caveat emptor, which literally means buyer beware. Um, and if you actually look at their clothing, if you like look in, look at the details of, the, of their or their clothing, their slogans, the way they present themselves, literally their whole brand is based on telling the buyer that you're being manipulated and not to buy our clothes. <laughs> so yeah, it's sort of like very. It's like reverse psychology. Yeah, it's very counterintuitive. It's, it's not even. It's just transparency. Yeah, um, in a way. It's um. Yeah. It's not saying. It's not. Uh, I actually got that wrong. It's not saying don't buy our clothes. It's yeah. saying um. Realize you're being saying. sold to. Yeah. Beware. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's transparency. Yeah. I think if it said don't buy our clothes, that is just complete reverse psychology. But I think if it's like we are selling to you, this yeah. is an honest process. Yeah. We want to make a buck, and we want to like sell cool clothes. Yeah. You're being sold. They have to this one cap. Brands. They have this one cap called um. It literally says on the cap um, uh, silly fancy goods that provide the illusion of a full life. 
<laughs> that and like, is so cool. I would if, totally cop that. Exactly. If I you go, if you if you go on, if you go on like Grail, like that yeah, that hat is sold out. It's like three hundred pounds. Yeah, like three hundred pounds. It's just it's just hilarious. When I could buy fifteen of them, I'd buy one. Mm. Now, if I could buy thirty of them, I'd buy one. So I guess I guess financial what I'm, what I'm, what I'm doing my money is, on that shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that is dope. Is it's really dope in my opinion. Like, I find it really interesting that I feel like consumerism is a bit like a bit like smoking or drinking or mm. fast food it's something that i think we should have a we need a better relationship with it but i don't yeah. think we need to generally stop doing it it's, yeah. it's part of the enjoyment yeah, of it's life. life it's yeah. advice we are consumers but, yeah we're also but, producers yeah and i think it's like i'd ideally become more of a producer than a consumer yeah that's but my goal. when, when, that's when my you're goal. a consumer it's like be conscious that you are consuming and know what if you are consuming something don't do it where it's like you're following the crowd. Do it Conscious kind of where consumption, it's, yeah. So yeah, do it where it's like either like you're buying clothes, you fuck with it, it's an expression of you, or it's like, it's just like, you like it, it's good quality or I'm something, a, I'm a something huge, you know. I'm a huge fan of conscious consumption. Like, um, yeah, just even what you just said, like, like just made me, it clarified it in my head. It's like, like when you're eating food, um, it's funny, people didn't always think about what they were eating, like, like when my dad grew up like it, people never thought about what they were eating when they were younger people didn't know what the fucking calorie was or an eating number was yeah, that's crazy, or man. what cholesterol was and all that shit like yeah. that's a recent thing people thinking about what they're putting in their body but I think we should be doing the same with we should be doing the same with products um, yeah. in the future too like I think people who have the opportunity to should really think about what they're buying mm-hmm. i think that's the future of luxury yeah. for like thinking about what you're buying yeah. and being offered thoughtful products yeah and it's like bro you think advertising is going to get very good at this i think advertisers know this we know this it's like we're going to target you even more mm. the more we understand mm. through data we understand more about what your preferences and interests are and everyone's it's a lot more of a discerning consumer now like you said the consumer knows what they want so yeah, it's like giving the consumer what they want, so to speak. It's kind of what social media does. Oh, yeah, we're just giving people what they want because they're the ones who upload the content. We're doing nothing. We're just sitting back with the platform. People I think I think the job of advertising in the future should be um, a lot more will conscious. Be, will it be, be a lot good, more about about finding finding consumers because mm-hmm. um, I I feel like yeah. like you can if you're gonna start a business like your consumer is already they're already out there. They just don't know they don't know that you. Exist. That they want what you're selling, yeah. Yeah, and everyone wants what you're selling. Yeah. If you know who you're selling to, yeah, I mean, everyone, everyone wants what you're selling. Anyone, you could make anything, and someone would buy it. Yeah, one hundred percent. Your your consumer is is definitely out there. Like yeah, you just need to find who they are in real time, and the yeah. cheapest and best way to get to them. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um and how to how to capture their attention and their their attention and their interest mm. when you when you do find them because you could yeah. you could find your consumer but if you don't yeah. communicate in the right way yeah, right. then they're they're gone yeah that's basically. where understanding of who they are and like good concepts and good mm. product all links in yeah man download the podcast yeah oh, this is getting you right now boom <laughs> but at the same time to kind of like wrap this up unless you want to leave some any final points it's like i think this is all great but i think at the same time everything is full of shit and i don't believe in anything <laughs> do you know what I mean to like rap like to just completely flip this all on the head like, I don't I, that, I think that's like, what we call that's what we in philosophy we used to call that nihilism but it's like positive nihilism it isn't like negative it's not yeah, like you, uh, can, you can have positive nihilism it's like yeah. I'm quite nihilistic but in a sense where it's not like it's like I live quite nihilistically because I know none of this matters have you heard of a bit of an illusion it's like a guy called Nietzsche 
No, I've heard of Nietzsche. Yeah. Mainly so, through Peterson. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Peterson. You should, you should, you should, you should really like engage with Nietzsche. With Nietzsche like, yeah. Do you think I'd like Directly. Yeah, 100%. Mm. I think it's like essential reading for, I was gonna read, uh, for Mar- anyone. I was going to read Marcus Aurelius' Meditations. But uh, uh, he's the Roman emperor. Yeah, no, Marcus Aurelius' Meditations is good too. Yeah, but do you think I'd prefer Nietzsche? I think Nietzsche is much more important to read. It's, it's so important to read. Tell, tell us a little bit about like, Nietzsche. We'll end on that, sort of, if you yeah, want to. Do you want to end like, on that? Do you want yeah, to we'll, we'll end on, we'll end on Nietzsche. Nietzsche. What's yeah. his first name? Um, Friedrich, right? Friedrich, yeah, Friedrich, Friedrich Nietzsche. Friedrich Nietzsche, such yeah. a cool name. Sounds yeah, like a Nazi yeah. zombie. Funnily enough, he actually, he actually got, um, after the Second World War, because he, he died just around the rise of um, the Nazis, oh, really? and his sister was a Nazi. She took his philosophies and sort of chopped and screwed it um, and like, gave it to the Nazis to sort of use as, their, as part of their philosophy. So he got blamed for a lot of stuff. Oh, after the Second World really? War, well, I but then they, I won't then, become a Nazi if I read yeah, this book. No, no, no. But then they they <laughs> yeah. realized they realized about ten years after like what had happened, like yeah. what his sister had done, yeah. and they looked and they saw like yeah, okay, it's complete misinterpretation. Yeah, complete misinterpretation yeah. basically. But that's crazy. I could have someone so clued on in your family, but your sister would go like join the group. Right, yeah, because like yeah. Nietzsche is such an individual thinker. Based on yeah, what yeah. He, but then he his preached sister, against his, yeah. But then his sister completely fell into it. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. It, I know, right? It's, it's super weird. Because I feel like the world's really built on individuals, and individuals need to stand up against groupthink, because ideology would be so fucking dangerous if you let it, man. Like, anti-Semitism, oh, yeah. what's that? Oh, it's in, like, um, like, being anti-Jewish, basically. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Like, uh, what the Nazis were. Yeah. But with, with Nietzsche, it's like, he, he believed in, like... That it's like it's like you said, like ideology is, is super dangerous, groupthink is super dangerous. He basically believed like um the only way to exist authentically is to forget about all of these um how can I describe prefabricated ideologies like mm. like for example Christianity even, mm. um all these things that sort of serve to you on a plate when you're born, he's like, You need to get rid of them. You need to become a nihilist mm. and then reaffirm your own set of values and your own reasons for living. Right. And that's, that's sort of what he believes in. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because it's kind of like you could go by your whole life just living on the basis of what someone else has told you. Mm, and mm. it's like, who are you, though? Mm. You know, and I think when you understand... Yeah, it's really interesting, man. But I think... I still think there's value in, like, understanding groupthink and understanding what people oh, think. Oh, yeah, you need, to, you need to and, Yeah, you need to operate it, within it. I don't think you could just be so much of an individual that, like... Is patronising, do you know what I mean? It's like kind of like yeah. respect what's going on. I think I think what usually happens with most people who um, do things the way Nietzsche talked about is you you need to sort of drop all of all of these um, pre given values mm. and and then choose them again for yourself. So yeah, right. like like yeah, a lot of people do go through that. They 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 drop their traditional values and then realise the value of some of those traditional right. values. They actually see yeah. the true value yeah. for it rather yeah. than just like the, fa- the facial yeah. value. You can't have it. You can't have it. Um, have, you ever, have you watched the thing with um, Guy Ritchie? Uh, with um, Be the Master of the Young Kingdom with Joe Rogan. Yeah. I was actually I talking to a recently. dude downstairs. Yeah, he Super was, important it, speech. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, he says like you've got the intellectual mind but then you've got like it's fine, you're home now, and it's like the person above it. I don't know. That's kind of what I took away from it. But yeah, and he has he has this thing. Do you see the thing? He he has this thing with a suit. Yeah, it's suit. like you wear the suit. Yeah. You don't let the suit wear you. 
Yeah, kind of. It's like so. It's like a person. A person can be wearing a suit, but depending on the reason you're wearing it, it completely changes that whole that whole dynamic. Like, if you're wearing a suit because you have to, um, like most likely it's not gonna be a good suit. You're not gonna be comfortable in it. You're not gonna like wearing it. You're not mm. gonna even look good in it. Mm. But if you choose to wear it, it becomes a completely different thing. You pick it yourself. You take pride in it. it process of putting it on is is joyful all of that kind of thing but that's that's what life is like you can have two people who are in in very similar positions in life in life um but one person may have chosen um that their position and the other person may have sort of been just pushed there or just let life just push them into that position or accepted the suit yeah yeah. Like it, it goes for everything from whether you're a billion, uh, from whether you're a millionaire to a homeless. Yeah, person. let's get it straight. I think there's a lot of like really successful people who still fall into the same. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I think I think, when, I think it's easy to think that and think oh it must be loads of poor people who didn't wear the suit or wore the suit. Do you know what I mean? I think it's like you get billionaires who are like unhappy. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's about happiness. But it's, it's all about, about cho- it's all about choice. choosing your position. Um, yeah, it's all about choosing your position. Like you could have two homeless people and one one person could have chosen to be homeless and one person could have um could have been pushed there by life and let themselves stay there. Mm. Um and it's like those two sort of people have completely different mentalities about where they're at. One person may have literally given up all their money and chosen to live like an ascetic, um sort of like humble lifestyle mm. you know like in sort of like a monk like way mm. and the other person may just be down on their luck but those two different people they're in the same position yeah, but for completely but different reasons reasons yeah. yeah that's interesting anyway guys we're gonna wrap that up there because i was out pretty late last night and i'm <laughs> fucking tired but um i'm gonna have Bior's instagram uh and any other social media he gives me and the project he's working on, all tagged in the description in each platform, whether that's the website, iTunes, or Anchor, or Instagram as well. And um, if you guys, if anyone could reach out to you, maybe talk to you. Yeah, or, sure. What, so if you wanna, what, if you wanna, yeah, if you wanna reach out to me, um, my personal Instagram is at uh, B I O R underscore um, Elliot. That's double L double T. Um, and also my brand. Um, I've got a f- couple things up at the moment and I'm also looking for a couple collaborators um, yeah. that it, you can find that at um, at sign uh, so that's um, like at s triple underscore and an e i n it'll probably it'll probably I'll, come up if you if you just type in sign I'll, like s e i n I'll have yeah. it all tagged underneath as well so people will be able to get awesome. direct links to it as well but yeah Brilliant. at s e underscore triple yeah i n yeah cool and um yeah if anyone wants to collaborate with you he's a really gifted designer so you know you guys can have someone awesome to work with you can learn a lot from and also guys make sure you hit us up on all the platforms for collective connect um share this with a friend who you think may want to listen to it because I think this has been quite an insightful podcast. I always feel like a podcast ends well if I feel a, a bit empty inside in a good way. <laughs> now I feel a bit more like enlightened. I feel a bit more conscious. Mm. So uh, yeah, thank you for coming down, bro. Thanks for having a chat with me. No worries, man. Thank you for having it. me on. And um, I'll buy you lunch tomorrow or some shit. Is <laughs> <laughs> that what you meant to nah, say? Nah, no, no, nah, no need, no yeah, need. Yeah, and also you big booty Instagram girls, follow me at Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah. same. Alright, cool. Yeah, be honest. <laughs> Take you for a drink. You want an insightful conversation? Let's do this shit. <laughs> right, anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. You guys are awesome. I hope you have a good week. Lots of love, Ferrari and Bior. See you guys later. Bye now.
Yo guys, what's up? It's your boy Farron Khalid. I'm back again with another episode of Collective Connect.